When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yeah! We we're, we're playing the hits today on the Waiver Wired show. It's a little early. I know some think it's too early for air guitar, and my response to that is it's never too early for air guitar. Come on now, come on, let's wake up, people. Let's go. Let's wake up. The Waiver Wired waits for no one. Get out of bed. <laughs> Start clicking on free agents. Let's get in there. Okay, the running back position is bleak is bleak but we we have begrudgingly zach charbonnet zach charbonnet has and will always be an all-purpose back i have never disputed that i have disputed the fact that he could challenge a healthy kenneth walker for the lead back role that i would dispute to the end of time kenneth walker is a, a total and complete stud the literal Walker Award winner, the Doak Walker Award winner, because he was epic in college and he was a, a, a breakaway run stud in his rookie year. Zach Charbonnet's not that. Zach Charbonnet is not a, a Nick Chubb level runner between the tackles like Kenneth Walker is, but Zach Charbonnet is 220 pounds. Zach Charbonnet has soft hands out of the backfield. Zach Charbonnet has certainly enough speed, burst, agility to be an adequate primary back in the league and in the right situation would be a top 12 running back. If you put Zach Charbonnet in this Seattle Seahawks offense for a full season as the clear lead guy, then yeah, you could expect top 12, top 15 output just because you get a guy with size and soft hands and the requisite burst and agility, you give him a 60-plus percent opportunity share after the, the 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 top five backs in the league, it's really anybody. It's really just anybody getting the opportunities. Zach Charbonnet has the raw material when given opportunity to deliver fantasy points. That is not up for dispute. And also, Kenneth Walker is clearly... Not 100%. That is also not up for dispute. It's not a coincidence that he was on the injury report with a calf injury, and then he's out-snapped by Zach Charbonnet in Week 8. After dominating the backfield touches for seven straight weeks. Think that was a coincidence? No. 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 So, Kenneth Walker's not 100%. And the Seattle Seahawks are good. They just beat Cleveland. Now they have to face Baltimore. Unfortunately, this would be the week where Walker is rested in practice and they, they give him just maybe even a handful of touches in Baltimore. Say, hey, we're going to get you out here. We, we know that you're a gamer, but we're going to be smart. 
right? We're, we are going to take care of you. That's the thing. NFL coaches need to protect players from themselves. And I think that's part of what Seattle was doing, protecting Kenneth Walker from himself. And that means you just send Zach Charbonnet into the meat grinder against Baltimore so that this is not a situation on the road against Baltimore where Zach Charbonnet is projected to, to put up a lot of fantasy points. And then another week goes by, Kenneth Walker's another week healthier. And then next thing you know, you look up and Charbonnet is back to his you know four carries a game role. So I'm not too excited. I know there's some that are they're getting way out over their skis on Zach Charbonnet this week. Of course they are because they want to confirm their priors that that Zach Charbonnet really is the the one B to Kenneth Walker. I don't believe it. it's true, but I also believe there's not a better option among the running backs that are sub 50% rostered around fantasy football. There's not a better option than Zach Charbonnet. Like you got me, you got me, you got me, everybody. I admit it. I admit it. But I'm not going crazy, okay, given the circumstances. Leonard Fournette is in a great circumstance. Buffalo, best case scenario, assuming he outplays Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray had an opportunity with Damian Harris going to the hospital. Latavius Murray could have roared up. I expected him to. This is all he's ever done is just defy the odds at his age in his early 30s. But he has fizzled. And so with Latavius Murray fizzling the last couple weeks, I expect Fournette to outplay him quickly uh, in practice and then for them just to be, assume it's a full-blown backup role to James Cook. James Cook is the starter. I don't think that's going to change. Leonard Fournette was relegated last season by Rashad White. Rashad White suddenly putting up back-to-back 15-plus point performances. So we, we're happy to see Rashad White finally delivering. And when you're one of the best receiving running backs in the league and you're in a PPR format, you shouldn't be surprised when Rashad White is delivering for fantasy football. Rashad White is miles better than James Cook, unfortunately, in the passing game. And that is my one, my one you know, glimmer of hope for Leonard Fournette that he could be more than just a breather back because it's very possible that they just find out he's better in the passing game, he's better as a receiver than James Cook. It's not a high bar, right? James Cook is an underrated runner and an overrated receiver. And the fact that Tampa would turn the keys over to Rashad White, given how fantastic he just given that he is he is a wide receiver and a running back combined into one guy, like and there's only like a Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey. There's only a handful of running backs around the league. You can say that Leonard Fournette getting relegated by that guy is different than him taking a a full back seat, like a, just assuming j- just a breather back only role in Buffalo with James Cook. James Cook is not the running back that Rashad White is. So there is a glimmer of hope here. And this is this is why I'm I'm putting my bids down on Leonard Fournette as my second priority behind Zach Charbonnet because there is a there's a chance there's it's not a it's I would say it's a slight chance but there's certainly a chance that Leonard Fournette can come in and in a couple weeks let's say week 10 11 we look up and he's the satellite back like he's the third down back now all of a sudden if he's a both a breather back and the satellite back. 
Now it's like, wait, this guy's outscoring James Cook in PPR leagues weekly. So that's a possibility and the reason why you need to go in and target Leonard Fournette. We're talking like a 20% of your budget in, in fab bidding on a Charbonnet, say 15% on Fournette. See, my third priority, similar to last week, again, we're playing the hits. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong. I know some are saying, oh, it's got to be it's got to be Devin Singletary. No, no. Pierre Strong is everything that Devin Singletary is not. Pierre Strong's actually electric, super fast, explosive. Gave us that 40-yard catch. Deshaun Watson's going to be back. Kareem Hunt's time in the league is numbered. What are we waiting for, right? Get Pierre Strong now. Jerome Ford will be back. And that's good news. We want Jerome Ford back, right? But these these you know, MCL sprains, high ankle sprains, all sort of they're similar, similar injuries and similar recovery timetables. It's always say you know one to five weeks depending on the severity. Well, the severity really matters, and the Jerome Ford injury looks severe. So even when Jerome Ford returns, I expect Pierre Strong to have a role as a satellite back. And for him to take many weeks to get back to 100%. And so this is why if I need a guy as like an RB2 stopgap solution, I prefer Pierre Strong to a Devin Singletary because Pierre Strong can give you that splash play, can give you that 40-yard touchdown in a way that Devin Singletary can't. They're very similar guys. Damian Pierce looks a lot like Kareem Hunt this year. And Pierre Strong is like an explosive version of Devin Singletary. All the things Devin Singletary wants to be in this league in terms of skill set, that's actually what Pierre Strong has. Now, Amari DeMarcado gave you the 20 carries, and it was, it was empty calorie touches for DeMarcado last week. And then now, see, they go to Cleveland, and then, then James Conner's coming back. So it's just the, the time in the hourglass is slipping away from DeMarcado, unfortunately. So I would prefer Strong and Singletary to DeMarcado for that reason. I'm also stashing Jeff Wilson aggressively. I think you put a few percentage points down of your fab on Jeff Wilson. He is a Dolphins running back. And you're going to get him because Devon A-Chain is set to return. And you know, it wasn't like Jeff Wilson had a whole bunch of carries in Week 8. So he's going to be widely available. And he is a Dolphins running back that the coaches like. Okay, that's what I know. Right? I know the coaches like him, and he's a Dolphin. And that's with some players. Are you a starter, or are you on the right team? And do the do the coaches like you? Then that's what I care about. Are, is there anything else about Jeff Wilson that that jumps off the page? No, he's very similar to Devin Singletary in that way. But right, just go to PlayerProfiler.com. You can go check out Jeff Wilson. Not impressive. Right, he's not. Justice Hill's more impressive, and Justice Hill is finding ways. Whether it with carries, whether it's with catches, whether it's with red zone touches, he's finding ways to get you ten fantasy points. And you have to stash him now. Stash him today. I know the trade deadline's coming up, so it's it's like it's 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 a it's a weird time. The trade deadline is almost exactly the waiver wire processing time. So. You could be first to act if the Ravens don't add a running back. Waiver wire processes. Go grab Justice Hill and get him stashed. If they do trade for a Dalvin Cook, then 
Justice Hill is vaporized. But Justice Hill is athletic. And I, I, I respect the hell out of Gus Edwards that he came back from a devastating knee injury, gruesome knee injury that cost him, you know, all of last season as well as, you know, games the previous season. And now he's scoring three touchdowns in a game. How do you not love that? How do you not love? And it's the it's the right type of player. You want an Alfred Morris skill set tethered to these hyper mobile quarterbacks that they can thrive, they can be efficient. The Alfred Morris corollary says that those running backs will have a higher yards per carry than an, a running back tethered to a pocket passing quarterback, and that's exactly what we're seeing. But it would be nice. It would be nice if we had an even more explosive. Uh, running back in the backfield in Baltimore in Justice Hill. So I'm very hopeful, right? So Justice Hill and Jeff Wilson are just stashes because they're on the right team. Same with Kenneth Gainwell. Same with Rico Doddle. Stash these players. Keep them stashed. Even though, I mean, I'm going to talk to Alex Caruso today on the Mind of Mansion show. And Alex Caruso, one of the, the one of the true up-and-comers, the, the, the significant young talents in the industry, we got to talk about this Tony Pollard situation. I love Tony Pollard. I liked Tony Pollard more when he was available in the seventh round. I wasn't drafting Tony Pollard. You realize, right? Realize I, I was I was confronted about this this summer. Hey, Podfather, you you know you you write up Tony Pollard in your draft kit. You talk about him all the time. How about them Cowboys? And yet. You never advocate drafting him in the second round. You only ever advocate drafting receivers. What's up with that? And I'm like, well, I like Tony Pollard, but I don't like my roster builds when I draft him because I can get running back X, Y, Z in round four, five, six, seven, namely Hero RB and league winner Travis Etienne. So I'm not sure why I'm drafting Tony Pollard two rounds ahead of Travis Etienne. Because value is value. And, you know, I don't hate players. I hate ADPs. And I don't necessarily love players. I love ADPs. And as much as I really, 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 really like Tony Pollard, I was not thrilled about the ADP. Even though if he reached his potential, you could have argued, hey, this guy's a first rounder. This guy deserves to be a first rounder. And that's fine. That's all fine. Right? But not for me. Not when the trade-off, the opportunity cost is A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, Garrett Wilson. No, 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 no. Even Jalen Waddle, right? Even Devontae Smith, even Chris Olave. Olave, Smith, they're not wide receiver ones this year. But in terms of the roster construction, they were the players you were drafting with the right build. And Tony Pollard now, we're looking up and... You could argue he is the most disappointing player in all of fantasy. So we'll talk to Alex about that. And uh, yeah, so we have some, we certainly have some some interesting wide receivers. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of interesting wide receivers here. I, I hate just going through the same players week in, week out. But that's just how right we've been on this waiver-wired program. And we'll get into it after this. This episode brought to you by Mojo. Mojo is that player stock market. We love Mojo because we like making lifetime bets on players. You run out the clock on these guys. Mojo just rolled out a brand new fantasy platform. That's right. So now you can build a portfolio of player props. Oh, 
Jamar Chase, over 77.5. Oh, Kadarius Tony under 15.5. Whatever the under is on Kadarius Tony doesn't matter. You can just stack up the props in your portfolio. And the beauty is, once the Sunday games kick off, it's not over. It's not over until it's over with Mojo because once those games kick off, you can then move in and out of positions. Let's say that you're well ahead of expectations. You can cash out. Let's say you're behind expectations. You're underwater. Well, you can double down. That's what makes Mojo so special, why they're different. Check it out. Go to the App Store. Get the Mojo app and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. The promo code UNDERWORLD gets you a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. So the promo code is UNDERWORLD, and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Go to Mojo, start building your portfolio, and then during the games, you can be a fantasy day trader. Mm. Looking at the chat on YouTube, interesting, uh, interesting little nugget here. Stashing julius chestnut that's pretty smart joanna jackson wants to stash julius chestnut in the event of a derrick henry trade and that is very smart he would be the gus edwards of tennessee if that happens and tajay spears could very easily find himself more in a justice hill role and so that's the thing you just stash these guys just because that the problem is tennessee has a bottom 10 run blocking offensive line so it's it's not like baltimore where they have lamar jackson freezing linebackers and a a quality offensive line not so much in tennessee so it's not the same and taji spears would have a, a greater role than uh, justice hill so actually none none of that is possible <laughs> just, it's, it's there's no possible way that julius chestnut could be anything close to gus edwards but he could be a very degraded discounted version of gus edwards and in very deep leagues worth a stash yes joanna yes if that's what you're saying i agree i agree now wide receiver priorities for last week if you remember were josh downs rashid shaheed Jaden reed okay and so josh downs now he's he's rostered in over 50 percent of leagues and and he was very productive again outgained Michael Pittman, again, though Pittman got the touchdown, and Pittman's been just, you know, a target hog. It's been great. From last week, this was was the advice. On Patreon, I post on Patreon my precise fab guidance, exactly the percentage you should be putting down on every one of these guys. And for Rashid Shahid, I said, he's out-targeting Michael Thomas now as Carr is getting healthier and downfield targets will soon connect. Oh! You like that? So now he's still he's still available in a lot of leagues. So he's my my five percent. That's the, that's the most we spend on on wide receivers. I love putting best ball wide receivers in flex. Guys that have the splash play potential. Give me the forty yard touchdown. Now I know Rashid Shahid's given us three consecutive fifty yard catches, which is great, right? Uh, that's not every week, but that's what we're looking for. In flex, I want a guy that can win me a week out of the flex position, not a guy that's just going to get you know, a bunch of targets and maybe maybe scores a touchdown. Maybe like For example, I would much rather have Rashid Shahid in flex than Romeo Dobbs, right? Dobbs might get three times as many targets and do less with them, right? Same thing with Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed outgained Dobbs 83-18 to 18 on far fewer targets last week. 
that can't continue. Reed is the best receiver the Packers have when Christian Watson's out. So he's a, he's a guy I'm putting 4% down on. But actually, I would prefer Khalil Shakir. Seeing that Buffalo pivoted to a lot more three-receiver sets, Shakir was the most productive of all the receivers, even more productive than Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis got the touchdown. Gabriel Davis gave you the spike week. So I say just keep putting Gabriel Davis in flex. Enjoy the spike weeks when they come and just eat it when they don't. But Khalil Shakir, if he's going to be getting heavy snaps in three receiver sets for a team like Buffalo, you got to prioritize that guy. And then Jaden Reed. And then Michael Wilson. Again, it's just playing the hits. Murray is going to be back very, very, very soon. Michael Wilson has locked in that number two role. Now you could argue by week 11, 12, he's going to be the alpha. He's going to be the target leader most weeks. This is in his. This is not in his range of outcomes. This is this is in his future. Period. Michael Wilson is a phenomenal talent. So again, it's just like every week. Hey, Shahid, Reed, Wilson, and now now I've noticed that Brandon Cooks is widely available in a lot of leagues. They've rebooted Dak. He's back. Right. He's 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 running around. He's throwing for three hundred yards. This is what Dak is supposed to be. Control alt delete on on Dak. They they did it. Hit the power button. He's back. And Brandon Cooks rounding back into form. So now would be the time to go scoop Brandon Cooks. Just, you know, hope for a flashback moment. And another stash that I I mean, Titans are very stash worthy, right? We talked about Julius Chestnut. Also Traylon Burks. Will Levis season will help Traylon Burks. If there's a player that you can bet is going to be feeding Burks. Not as much as Hopkins, but they're going to be turning up the dials. Remember, the Titans went out to a big lead. So there's going to be games with the Titans' defense. Their secondary is one of the worst in the league. Their offensive line, we talked about bottom 10 in the league. So they're going to be losing more than they're winning this year. And so there's going to be plenty of games in the second half where they're just going to say, hey, Will, just will us to victory. Right? They're going to try to They're just, hey, will us to victory, Levis. So when that happens, that those are the games where Traylon Burks is going to go boom He's the best possible stash receiver. In fact, it's, it's hard to argue there's a better, been a better stash receiver all year than Traylon Burks right now, based on what we've seen from Will Levis. I am picking up Quinton Johnston. Admittedly, this is a, this is this is this is so week nine. It's so week nine that just through NFL attrition, calf injuries and knee injuries to Josh Palmer. We're talking about calf injury to Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker. Not Kenny Walker. It's definitely not Kenny Walker. It's either Ken or Kenneth Walker. Got to get Charbonnet. I would think this actually helps my credibility. That instead of just being intractable, that I hate these players. I don't hate anybody. If a guy's available and he's going to be a starter in two receiver sets in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, I don't care if he's no good. I'm picking him up. Gabriel Davis isn't any good either. So it's the Gabriel Davis corollary. Are you the number two with a prolific quarterback? Yes. Then even if you're overrated, I'm picking you up. I'm I'm actually, eventually, like what happened with Gabriel Davis last week, eventually I was one of the last people to have conviction in a guy that I hated for years. Then this is where we are with Quinton Johnson. It comes, this, it comes full circle. So many of these players just comes full circle. It could be right two ways. With Quinton Johnston. Josh Palmer has a knee and an ankle injury now. He tried to fight through it. And then whenever a guy 
tries to fight through an injury, and then he has a setback in the game, the odds that he's active the following week are low. So you you got to grab Quinton Johnson, but I think the problem is a lot of people are going to be trying to grab him, and and I'm not willing to spend more on Quinton Johnson than I am, say, Michael Wilson or or Jaden Reed, Khalil Shakir. Those are better players, right? You go to playerprofiler.com, Khalil Shakir runs a 4-4. He is explosive. He has... He has almost as much burst, 127.5 burst score, 81st percentile. So his burst isn't quite Quinton Johnson, but close. He's much faster. Okay. And you know, he he's like a perfect complement to Diggs and Davis. And he has a 40% dominator rating in college. So and he's only 23 years old. So Khalil Shakir is a better receiver. He's also good at the senior bowl. Right. So we know we have evidence that. Khalil Shakir is a good football player, a quality receiver. You can't say that about Quinton Johnson at this point. You cannot. Cannot. I'm stashing Rashad Bateman. He got the carry, the 18-yard reverse. I like that a lot. I like seeing a little explosiveness from Bateman. He looked so sluggish early on in the in the year. Did not appear to be 100%. Seems to be rounding into form. Just when you think I'm out. Back, back to stashing Bateman. Zay Jones will be back eventually. Still stashing him. Not a lot of... I mean, just... The stash options at wide receiver are so bad. I think it's just... It's really just Bateman. Bateman and Burks. Burks for... Yeah, certainly Burks. Then Bateman. And it's just... And uh, yeah, we're streaming Will Levis. Sam Howell finally above that 50% rostered threshold. So now we've got to go and, and, and find a new streamer every week. And, uh, you know... Gardner Minshew is a great option. Now Will Levis is a great option. Right? You could even pick up Dak Prescott. Like Dak, Pre- Dak was dropped in a lot of leagues. See if he's available. But I'm going back to Levis. I'm going back to Levis because he had one of the great rookie debuts in the history of the quarterback position in the NFL. And the Titans have an awful secondary. The Titans are going to be dragged into shootouts and comeback mode. And... Traylon Burks returns, that's a quality wide receiver duo, plus he's got Chigakwankwu, who's a super athletic tight end, plus he's got Tajay Spears out of the backfield, some serious weaponry for Will Levis, and some nice matchups coming up, so I like picking up Will Levis, I like dabbling on him if you need quarterback help, and of course, at tight end, Trey McBride, I mean, Trey McBride is the real deal, I'm, I just, Michael Wilson, Trey McBride, rest of season when Kyler Murray returns he's going to come back and be like oh wow look at Trey McBride I barely recognize this guy this guy's awesome I mean he does run a 4.6 at 245 pounds like that's an 85th percentile speed score Trey McBride is more athletic than he's given credit for and he didn't go to like a top college he wasn't playing in the national championship game but at Colorado State the guy put up a 46 percent dominator rating he was great at the combine, like he was great at the senior bowl. We're talking about a 99th percentile dominator rating. And he got drafted in the second round. Like this guy, he looks like basically, if you remember Heath Miller with the Steelers, that's his best comparable, but he's more explosive. He's like, imagine a more explosive Heath Miller. Who doesn't want that guy? And then you've got just constant comeback mode. You know, Arizona, they're going to Cleveland. Cleveland's not going to let them run the ball. Cleveland's going to shut down 
you know, they're they're outside wide receivers, and who do you think is going to benefit? Oh, it's going to be Trey McBride. So he's one of those perfect like you bid up to say five percent to try to stream him this week and stream and hold. He's a stream and hold player. I love Trey McBride. I'm a Cardinals. Why? Am, I don't know how this happened, but I suddenly I become just a, a, a giant raging Cardinals fan. Love me Demarcado. Give me some Demarcado. Give me some Michael Wilson. Give me some Trey McBride. I don't know how the hell I got here, but uh, whew, I'm loving life. Let's go, Arizona! But also lose so you can get the uh, a top draft pick. Thank you, all buzzards, emailing me, podfather at rotowonderworld.com. Thank you. Everyone on social media, thank you. Discord commenters, thank you. I now know that Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo on Beat It. I did not know that. Again, I was not a music connoisseur in the 80s. I was learning how to ride a bike and build snow forts. That, that was my priority. But thank you to everyone for bringing this to my attention. My only request would be, have a better attitude. Give people the benefit of the doubt that they're not idiots just because they don't know a thing you know. It's not that obvious that Eddie Van Halen played the guitar solo on Beat It. I remember the video. He wasn't in it! I wasn't combing through the credits. I don't remember anyone ever talking about this. When Rick Beato was talking to Steve Lukather, they referred to him as Eddie. During their podcast, I did not connect the dots. In fact, the reason I didn't connect the dots is because I couldn't imagine a world where Eddie Van Halen would have agreed to be on Beat It. What? It's amazing. It's incredible. It was a great idea. Apparently, he just did it as a favor. It didn't ask to be paid for it, which was not smart. You do things that feel cool in the moment, and then when an album sells... Seven trillion copies? Like, ah, man, I just could have signed a piece of paper and then got millions of dollars. <laughs> so you go back and listen, and of course that's Eddie Van Halen. It, it, it's, it's, it's Eddie's signature sound. But at no point was music media putting it in lights. Hey, Eddie Van Halen did the guitar solo on Beat It. But thank you to all of the hardcore music fans that know about this and shared this with me. I just would appreciate a little less condescension. And just understand that I am out here just enthusiastically enjoying music and sharing little bits of information that I learn. And then what's cool is when you enthusiastically, with a positive attitude, share interesting things about what you're learning instead of talking down to me as if I'm an idiot for not knowing it. That's, that's see, that's what's missing on social media is that genuine enthusiasm for learning and it's overridden by a condescending tone of I'm smarter than you instead of just locking arms with one another and going out into the world and accumulating and sharing knowledge together with genuine enthusiasm and positivity. Is that too much to ask? I'm not sorry I didn't know. 
I openly admit what I know and what I don't know. And that self-confidence that, that I don't know everything and I'm cool with it is what helps make me me and allows me to operate freely in the world with high self-esteem and not always be looking around a corner worried that someone might know something I don't and I might get exposed for being an idiot. When you know way deep down that you're not an idiot, it allows you to ask questions and operate freely in a way that those that are quietly insecure that are using their condescension to mask their insecurity could never operate. I've lamented some version of this buzzard behavior from members of the audience for many, many, many years. Most podcasters receive it and just ignore it because that's how they cope. I confront it head on. That's how I cope. Oh, yeah. There's not a better option than Zach Charbonnet. Like, you got me. You got me. You got me, everybody. I admit it. I admit it. Not Kenny Walker. It's definitely not Kenny Walker. It's either Ken or Kenneth Walker. I hate these players. I don't hate anybody. If a guy's available and he's going to be a starter in two receiver sets in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, I don't care if he's no good. I'm picking him up. Get out of bed. Start clicking on free agents. Let's get in there. That's just how right we've been. Is that?